Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Whitburn Pentecostal Church. For those who are gathered in person, you would maybe want to find a way uh, to a seat, uh, your assigned seat. And for those who are joining us online, welcome. It's great to have you with us. Great that we're all together. And uh, good to see some people here for the first time. Uh, so, welcome. And uh, just to remind us that we do need to think about things like uh, hand cleansing, uh, distancing, face coverings, and probably quite importantly, if you have symptoms, if anybody has symptoms, really the best place to be is at home um, and seeking advice. Um, we do have information about that if anybody needs it. We do need to remember about booking in. Um, please, please remember to book in. Um, because as more people uh, are wanting to come to church, we need to make sure that the booking system is working so that um, we can accommodate everybody, get everybody sat down uh, beside other people. Um, distance from other people is, is really what I meant to say, um, not beside other people. Um, and just to remind people that the church does get cleaned on a regular basis. We have a particular cleaning treatment. Uh, there's an electrostatic cleaning, uh, which is done every 30 days. Um, and our cleaner, who's doing a fantastic job for us, she uh, reinforces that cleaning. Um, so, yeah, she's doing a, a great job. And all these things are really important at this point in time. But I'll tell you what the most important thing is. And it's what I've been praying about for today. I have not been praying about the cleaning. I have not been praying about masks. I have not been praying about hand sanitizing. I've been praying for the presence of God in our gathering today. Because at the end of the day, that's why we're here. That's why you've joined online. is because we want to be in God's presence. And we want to experience the presence of God. You know, there's nothing changes us like the presence of God. When we have an encounter with God, it changes us on the inside. Something happens. And that's my prayer today as we gather, that we experience His presence in this place today. And we're going to worship, we're going to pray together, and we're going to take communion together. And all these things help us to experience His presence. But there's, I'm just praying that there's something that goes beyond the things that we do that allows us to experience His presence in this place today. So we're going to pray together. We're going to pray the Lord's Prayer together, and then we're going to uh, sing. Sarah's going to lead us in that. Josh is, is playing, and thank you to all the guys who work in the tech. And I'm just, I'm really pleased uh, that, that you guys are, are involved in helping. And it's interesting that it's all our young people that are helping with all the, the stuff that's going on in the background, and I'm really excited about that. Uh, Brendan, you are a young person. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually thinking last week, apart from you and I, they're all young people, but that's another story. Um, but it's just, I'm really pleased. And I think that, you know, you guys don't look down on yourselves. Don't think less of yourselves. Look upon yourselves as somebody that God has created. And you have a purpose and you have a bright future. And uh, I believe that God wants to do some incredible things in this church. Uh, so let's, let's just pray. Um, one, one thing to say, Heather is back home, which is fantastic news. We've been praying for her. The pain that she was in excruciating pain, and that pain has went, uh, subsided, and she's now back on track with uh, her treatments. And so that's a real answer to prayer, and we are so encouraged about that. And so we give God praise for that. Let's pray, and uh, let's 
uh, pray the Lord's Prayer together, and then we're going to worship. Father, we just thank you that you are here. We thank you for your presence in this room. We thank you for your presence in the rooms where people are sat online. Father, you are here. You are with us, and you want to meet with us. And Father, we have come because we want to meet with you. So may we experience your presence. Father, may we experience your peace in this place today. Father, we thank you for the news about Heather. We thank you that she's back home. Lord, we pray strengthen her in her body. Lord, her body is weak uh, because of all that's been going on, and we ask that you would strengthen her. Father, strengthen her for the treatment that she needs to walk through so that she can come out of that and be strong and whole. And Father, that she would be able to get uh, the exercise that she needs, that you would help her to be able to build up her resilience again. And Lord, I pray for the day where she will be able to stand here and just talk about the good things that you've been doing in her life. Lord, we thank you for the way that you're moving amongst us. Lord, that's one story out of other stories. We thank you that you're at work. And Lord, we just want to uh, keep seeing your hand at work in our lives. And Lord, even as we were praying uh, for prodigals and Wednesday night at the prayer meeting, Lord, we're believing you. We're believing you for uh, breakthroughs in that area, Lord, that you're going to do incredible things. And so, Father, we just thank you for your presence in this place today. And Lord, as we pray together, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom, yours is the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Let's worship him today.
want us to reflect on something a little bit different today um, thinking about Jesus how when it came to the, the close of his life when he knew that the moment was going to come when he would be <coughs> excuse me handed over to be crucified there's this moment that we read about in Matthew chapter 26 and it says while Jesus was at Bethany in the home of Simon the leper a woman came to him with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume, which she poured on his head as he was reclining at the table. She took something that was of value. She took something that was costly and expensive, and she poured it upon Jesus. Now, the, the disciples were well-trained. They knew Jesus' mission to reach out to the poor and to look after the poor. And it's probably what motivated them to say, why this waste? Imagine saying that, why this waste? They were caught up with the earthly and the practical and they missed what was happening in this moment, this act of worship. What they saw as a waste was far from a waste. They said this perfume could have been used, uh, sold at a high price and the money given to the poor. And aware of this, Jesus said to them, why are you bothering this woman? She has done a beautiful thing to me. She's done something beautiful. She's taken something that was costly and expensive and she's poured it out on Jesus. She's poured it out on the Messiah. And Jesus said, and it's not an excuse for not looking after the poor, by the way. The poor you will have with you always, but I will not always be with you. When she poured this perfume on my body, she did it to prepare me for burial. It was almost like a kind of prophetic act. 
This happened before Jesus went through this terrible, unimaginable uh, turmoil. And as we read about Jesus in the garden, and we, we, we read about those prayers which he prayed, and, and what the turmoil that was going on inside him, it said that he was so distressed that even the, the sweat that was coming out of his body, there was blood in the sweat. He was so distressed. He knew what lay ahead of him. And this is why he says to his disciples, she has done this as an act of preparation uh, for what's going to happen to me. Truly, I tell you, wherever this gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will be told in memory of her. We take bread and wine to remember Jesus, but we remember the act of a woman who took everything she had and she poured it on Jesus. She poured it out on him because she recognized his worth. The reason that we worship God, the reason that we worship Jesus is because we recognize his worth. The reason we take bread and the reason we take wine is because we recognize his worth. He gave himself for us. He gave his life for us. And that's why we do this. We do this until he comes again. The Lord's coming back again. And we thought about that last week. I'm encouraged by that. The Lord's coming back again. And we look forward to his return. We look forward to the moment where these symbols no longer have any meaning. They'll no longer, we'll see the resurrected Christ. We'll see him for who he is. We'll see him face to face. I don't know about you, but I'm looking forward to that day. I'm looking forward to that day. But until that day, we do this to remember him. We do this as an act of worship. We do this to pour out ourselves, as, uh, if, that, if we can do that, uh, to recognize Jesus. So we're going to take bread, we're going to take wine. I'm hoping that those who are joining us online have had the chance to prepare for that. Should have given you a warning if you're joining us for the first time. But if you just grab something uh, quickly, we're going to take bread and we're going to take wine. The bread reminds us of his body, which was broken for us. The wine reminds us of that blood, which was shed for us. They're just symbols but they help us to remember. So let's pray as we take, just before we take the bread together. Father, we thank you for the body of Jesus which was broken for us. Lord, we can't even begin to imagine the distress of his soul as he anticipated what was going to happen. Father, we can't imagine the distress in his soul as he experienced such cruelty towards him. Father, help us to remember, help us to appreciate, help us to begin to see, to begin to understand how much Jesus has done for us. Father, as we think about this costly act, pouring the perfume on Jesus' head, Father, that pales into insignificance compared to what he has done for us. Father, that our sins can be made clean. Father, that we can be given eternal hope, that we can be given life, eternal life, Father, that we can be given a future. And so, Lord, as we take this bread, we are so grateful for that body which is broken for us. Amen. And Father, as we remember the blood which poured out of that body. Father, it's hard to take in. It's hard to to appreciate such cruelty. 
Father, sometimes it's hard to appreciate such love. Father, we read in your word that no greater love has any man than the one that lays down his life for his friends. And Father, we thank you that Jesus laid down his life for us. We thank you that he shed his blood for us. Father, we thank you that he was able to say on that cross, it is finished. It is finished. The work is finished. It's been accomplished. And so, Father, as we take the bread and the wine, as we take this wine, we remember that blood which was shed for us. Amen. Father, we know that that wasn't the end, that it wasn't finished there. Father, that there was a Sunday morning where those who were looking for Jesus went to the tomb and they didn't find him there because he had risen. And Father, we thank you that over the period of 40 days, he appeared to so many people and gave them convincing signs and proofs that he was alive. Father, that he commissioned the disciples to begin the church and that he has said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Father, we, if we love you, if we know you, we are part of your church. And Father, we know that you're building your church. Father, we know that the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Father, we thank you that you're for us. Father, we thank you that you're cheering us on. Father, we thank you that you're encouraging us. Father, we thank you that you're behind us. And Lord, we just want to enter into all that you have for us today. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Do you know, the more, the more we get to know Jesus, the more we think about it, the more, I don't know about you, the more excited I get about all that he's doing and all that he wants to do. And uh, yeah, I'm just so grateful to all who are serving in the life of the church just now in whatever way, and uh, our COVID recovery team, uh, who've done a fantastic job uh, in making this safe, a safe environment to, for us to be in. And uh, it was our COVID recovery team that said it'd be a good idea for the whole track and trace thing to take photographs. So that reminded me, this is a good moment to do my wee photographs. And... Uh, can I also remind you uh, that we're engaged in the shoebox appeal from Samara, through Samaritan's Purse again. So if you don't have one of these, uh, there are shoeboxes up the back. Tracy is uh, helping us with shoebox appeal uh, this time round. And if you're not able to get out and fill up a shoebox, you can do one online. Uh, we'll put another link on uh, the church uh, Facebook page and you can go in there. But I will also email that link out so that everybody's got it. And uh, yeah, just let me say thank you to everyone who's involved, who's active online on the church Facebook page or YouTube or whatever. Can I encourage you to keep clicking, keep liking, keep loving, keep hosting the watch parties, all the activity, the more activity that's on our page, uh, the better, because Je what, did, what did Jesus say? You know, he says, go into all the world. We have an opportunity <laughs> as a church today to go into anywhere in the world where somebody has an internet connection. I think that's fantastic. We knew that was the case. Now we're doing it, and I'm looking forward to the greater things that are going to come through that. And we are involved in this kind of 
uh, cyber tech generation. We need to use the technology. But thank you to those who are joining online who are using the technology. And uh, yeah, we have a booking system. I did remind us about that at the start. The first person to book in for this week was Marlon. Where's Marlon? There's chocolate up the back for you. The second person to book in this week was Mary. So there's a bar of chocolate, but take another one, take two, okay? And the 14th person to book in today was Chelsea. So get your bar of chocolate, it's up the back there. <laughs> and let me remind you that on a Wednesday night, we're gathering together on Zoom, in person, face to face, we can see each other, we can crack jokes and do all that kind of stuff. Um, but gathering together to pray on Zoom has been fantastic. We, I don't know about you, if you were there on Wednesday night, we were praying for prodigals on Wednesday night, and it was a powerful time together. I, I just felt that God was right in the middle of our prayers and, and, all, and all that we were doing, and uh, it was just phenomenal. If you've not joined us on Zoom for prayer on a Wednesday night, can I encourage you to do that? It's fantastic. It really is amazing. And you will have got one of these when you come in. It'll be on your seat. Feel free to take one, take two, pass on to somebody else. Uh, 90 days uh, devotional on faith, hope, and courage in changing times. Who knows that we need faith, hope, and courage in ever-changing times. The, cha the, the times keep changing, so uh, avail yourself of that. If you've not got one, if you're not able to be in the building and you want one, let us know and we'll post one out to you. Um, if need be, I'll come and put it through your door myself. <laughs> so lately we've been thinking about uh, the whole subject of demolishing strongholds, and we're going to think about that again today. This is part three, and it's our final uh, message on this subject of demolishing strongholds. And last week I thought about, or, or I, th I said we would think today about demolishing strongholds in our feelings and in our emotions, okay? Emotions are an expression of how we feel. Now, I don't know if anybody's seen this little video yet, okay? Has anybody seen this? This is more than a picture, okay? Watch this. The title of this video was Two Wee Guys Out Their Face and Orange Lim Lucas Aid. <laughs> an expression of how we feel, an expression of emotion. I don't know about you, I, I, I've watched this a few times. It's longer than that. You can find it online. And it just made me laugh. It made me laugh so much. But it, it, that's how we express our emotions. We all have emotions, we all have feelings, and that's one way that we express them. I don't know about you. Um, there's a wee song, I think it's in Mary, was it Mary Poppins? I love to laugh, ha, 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 when they're floating up in the ceiling. I love to laugh, and uh, I, I love it when we laugh uncontrollably. I, I'd love it if that happened in church one day, where we all began to cackle and uh, giggle, and it wouldn't stop. Oh, that would be amazing. That would make my day. Especially because I can't see your faces under those masks, right? Okay, keep giving me thumbs up, nods, okay? Bear in mind, I can't see the most of your expressions. And for those who are online, I can't see you at all. Uh, but I'm, <laughs> I'm making a faith statement that you're there. But the Bible says this. It says, a sound mind makes for a robust body. 
But runaway emotions corrode the bones. Runaway emotions can affect us physically. I don't know if you've ever been in that place where your emotions get the better of you and it starts to affect you physically. You start to feel unwell. I don't know if you've ever been there. I've experienced that. And so I I said that this week we would uh, focus on strongholds in our emotions, where we feel things. And if I to sum up the message today, If I to sum up the message today, I hope that's not somebody that's on call. Uh, it would, I would say this, it's not about our feelings. It's not even about the facts. It's about faith that overcomes. I heard something this week that was, I've kind of like borrowed that. Uh, I heard somebody say that this week. It's not about our feelings. It's not even about the facts. It's about faith that overcomes. Feelings and emotions are part of our makeup. That's how God has designed us. And if you've read the Bible at all, you'll know that God has emotions. God feels. The Bible tells us that God uh, is sad sometimes. The Bible tells us that God grieves sometimes. The Bible tells us that God is angry. The Bible tells us that God rejoices over us with singing, as we thought about last week. And so, God is a God who knows about emotions. Jesus has lived in a human body. He knows how emotions affect the body. We thought about that just a few moments ago where we did communion. That actually, he was so distressed, it began to affect his whole being. And so, I want to start off uh, today. Well, I've already started off, but you know what I'm saying. From where we left off last week, and we, we thought about a house that needed to be renovated And I don't know about you, I don't know how well you can see the pictures here. Have you ever felt like a house that needs renovated? Have you ever felt like every room you go into is a mess? It's like you're getting your kitchen done just now. You'll know exactly what I'm talking about. When you look at your life and you think, I want to go somewhere inside my own head that's clean and tidy, (laughs) where it's organized, where there's structure. And the times in our life where we we feel like everything's in chaos and everything's getting mixed up. And I think that's the point in time where God can step in because God has a vision for your life, renovated and restored to purpose. This is a house that Jesmond is working on. I don't know if you're listening this week, Jesmond. I hope you are. God wants to restore our emotions, our feelings. He wants to restore the inner life so that it has purpose. And here's the thing. God has the knowledge and the skills and the resources to do it. Sometimes we don't know what to do. We don't know what to do about what's going on inside us, but God does. The the question for us is, will we open every room of our lives to allow God in? You see, I don't know about you, but my experience has been that there are parts of my life that I want to keep hidden away from other people. Parts of my life where strongholds can begin to develop, areas that I'm maybe not proud of, Areas that I'm aware of and I feel that I can't control. There are things that go on in our lives, and they can be like rooms in our lives that are a bit of a mess, and we want to keep them out of sight. It's like when somebody comes to your house and they knock on your door and it's a surprise visitor, and you invite them in, and you're thinking, Oh no, I've not done the dishes. Oh no. The stuff's still on the table for breakfast. Oh, no, I should have hoovered the carpet. And God comes, and he knocks on our door, and he comes in, and he sees all the mess that's in us, the mixed-up emotions, the strongholds that exist in our lives. 
let me tell you today, God's not looking for a tidy house. He's looking for a tender heart. God is looking for a surrendered heart. God is looking for a soft heart. God is looking for something that He can come and work with. Have you ever tried to work with clay that's went hard? You can't do anything with it. All you can do is hope that by soaking it, it will soften it up again. If you take clay that is soft, you can do something with it. It reminds me of that episode in The Good Life when uh, Margot's trying to make a pot. Have you ever seen that episode? If you've not seen The Good Life, some of you are too young to know what The Good Life is. Watch it. It's fantastic. But I think God is saying, give me something to work with. Will you give me your life? Will you open up every door of your life? Maybe you've never made a decision to become a Christian before. If you've never made a decision to become a Christian, if you've never opened the door, God is chapping at the door of your life today, and He's wanting to come in, and He's wanting to do something incredible in your life. God is looking for something that He can work with. What was it Jesus said? When Jesus declared what His mission was, I've been thinking about that this week, well, he, he, he was sitting and he, he got up to speak. He opened up the scroll, the scroll of Isaiah, and he began to read, the Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me. The Holy Spirit was in Jesus fully. The, the Bible says that he had the Spirit without measure because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, the people who feel that their life is a mess, to proclaim freedom for the captives, the people who have got strongholds in their lives that they've never been able to break. He has come to proclaim freedom for you today, to release from darkness the prisoners. And I am convinced that if we will allow God full access to our lives, even to areas where there are strongholds, He will set us free. We may not even realize that we have strongholds in our lives, but if we take some time to reflect on it, I'm sure if we ask God, He will begin to point out to us the areas where there are strongholds in our lives. I think about baby Christians. You know, the Bible I think it's Paul who talks about, you know, I should be giving you meat, but I'm giving you milk. You know how babies drink milk? Their, their, their bodies aren't able to cope with anything more than that. And I think there are people who are baby Christians because they have strongholds in their life and their emotions rooted in the very core of their being that have never been dealt with. And you can be an old person, whatever old is these days, okay? I remember when we started a group in the church called the Over 50s, and I thought, man, that's old. <laughs> and then when I got to the age of being over 50, I was like, nah, that's not old. <laughs> what is old these days? But the reality is that we can be of any age and be a baby Christian. We could have been a Christian for decades and still be a baby Christian. Christians whose lives are marked by stunted growth and unrelenting struggles. Have you ever felt like that sometimes? It's like you're in that revolving door. You know, there's one of them at St. John's, and if you touch it, it stops. But I think of the other ones where you've got to push it. And have, have you ever done that where you keep going round and round the door? <laughs> Just to annoy somebody? 
But that can be a picture of our lives, just going round and round and round with the same struggles, the same things that are upsetting us, the same strongholds that control us and dominate our lives. They're part of our emotions. They're rooted in the very depths of who we are, and we don't ever seem to be able to find a way to get out of that. Let's think about some of the, the emotions that can, they can be positive, they can be negative emotions, but the ones that are coming up on screen are more tending to be negative, things like fear, worry, grief, anxiety, guilt, regret, shame, anger, rejection, revenge, unforgiveness, all things that we experience in the very core of who we are. And I wanted to think about a couple of those today, just as an example. The first one I want to think about is rejection. And it was quite interesting, you know, for those who are online leave comments because they can be so helpful to other people. Grace left a comment uh, when we were beginning to talk about this message and just challenging parents to think about the words which we say over our kids. Nothing cuts a tender heart like rejection. Think about that. Nothing cuts a tender heart like rejection. Think about those two wee guys who were on the screen there, right? Full of the giggles, full of fizzy juice, full of sugar, full of caffeine, ha, ha, ha. And it's just fantastic to watch. But you think about those little guys and their tender hearts and the things which can be said over them repeatedly that begin to eat into who they are, that begin to define them. Do you remember what I said? Your past does not determine your future. Your DNA is not your destiny. The things which have been said over us that have created strongholds in our lives. Words can wound, and words can become strongholds that we struggle to deal with, strongholds in our emotions in the very core of who we are, and we can remain wounded for a lifetime. Think about this. When we're thinking about rejection, think about Satan, our spiritual enemy, Satan and his demons. Satan was rejected Right at the very start, Satan was rejected. He was thrown out of heaven for his sin of pride and his rebellion. He thought, I'm as good as God. And God threw him out of heaven and cast him down onto the earth. And if you think about that pride and that rejection, that can be one of the things that defines us. It can be one of our biggest issues, that revolving door, if you like. Things that get rooted into our feelings into our emotions, rejection, and as a result, pride. Think about Adam and Eve, okay? Think about their story. And actually, I was thinking, I, I thought I might preach a sermon on just the temptation of Adam and Eve. I'll say both of them because they were both there. And if you stop to think about that, it's quite incredible. But I'm not, I'm not going to go into that. What I want to think about is the fact that Adam and Eve were rejected they were put out of the garden because they failed to obey God. They were banished from the garden, banished from the tree of life. And can you just imagine the devil's glee? A rejected being, now he has won and he has caused Adam and Eve to be rejected also. And I just think about this, the pinnacle of God's creation, rejected and thrown out. And he wants to perpetuate this, the devil that is, throughout every generation. So, to the young people in here today, that's what he wants you to feel. 
That's what he wants you to experience. He wants you to experience rejection. He wants that to become such a stronghold in your life that you are not able to shake that off. And our stronghold of rejection, that thing that we hold inside, can be the cause for us to say unkind things and to do unkind things to other people because we're speaking from that place of heart. Remember, heart people hurt people. I know because I've been on the giving end of that and I've been on the receiving end of that. But how do we overcome something like this? How do we overcome strongholds of rejection in our our lives? Well, we need to rehearse what God says about us. Remember, what we rehearse in our thoughts gets rooted in our reality what we rehearse in our thoughts, what we think about ourselves becomes part of us. It begins to affect what we say. It begins to affect what we do. It begins to affect our interactions with other people. What we rehearse in our thoughts gets rooted in our reality. What do we need to begin to rehearse in our thoughts? We need to rehearse this. You are not an accident. Get a godly perspective today. You're not an accident. You're on this earth for a purpose. Every single person that I'm addressing in this room, that I'm addressing online, whether it's live or you're watching it later on, you are here for a reason. God has a purpose for your life, and He wants to encourage you to move into that purpose, to achieve all that you can in His purpose for you. You're here for a reason. You're valuable. God loves you. Jesus died for you. Think about this. God sent His own Son to this earth to die for sinners like you and like me. That's incredible. And despite your failures, you're not a failure. Some people need to hear that today. Do you know, I've needed to hear that. Despite your failures, you are not a failure. Your failures don't define you. Your failures don't define you. I've been in that place where I have allowed my failures to define me. And what did it do? It stopped me from making progress in my life. It stopped me from becoming the person that God wanted me to be. And God keeps speaking to us. He keeps revealing new things to us. Despite your failures, you are not a failure. And anyway, nobody succeeded without failing first. Am I right? How many times have you been trying to do something and you get it wrong? part of my frustration. I hate getting things wrong. It's just part of my nature, perfectionism. But if we're going to get the the job done, if we're going to get it done eventually, we're going to fail on the way. You're not an accident. You're here for a purpose. You're valuable. God loves you. You're not a failure. And then I think, how do we begin to loosen the stronghold of rejection in our life? One of the other ways that we can do that is begin to think about what God thinks about us. If you are struggling with rejection in your life, I encourage you to get a hold of Psalm 139 and to begin to read it and to begin to pray over it and to begin to meditate on it. Even if you have to read it 10 times a day, get into that and allow it to get into you. This is what it says. You formed, David is saying to God, it's a prayer, and he's saying, you formed my innermost being, shaping my delicate inside and my intricate outside. You're looking at the intricate outside today. I'm looking at most of your intricate outside, eh? And wove them together 
in my mother's womb. You're not an accident. You're here for a reason. God has a purpose for your life. And God saw you before you even breathed your first breath. Allow this truth to get into you and allow it to break the stronghold of rejection. I thank you, God, for making me so mysteriously complex. Everything you do is marvelously breathtaking. It simply amazes me to think about it. Think about it. God has done an incredible thing. You're here for a reason. How thoroughly you know me. You even formed me, every bone of my body, when you created me in the secret place, carefully, skillfully, shaping me from nothing to something. Once you were nothing, and now you're something. And God wants to add on to that something His nature, His spirit, and wants to make you more than just something. God wants to do an incredible thing in your life. That's why He wants us to think about strongholds and to think about what we need to do to break those strongholds. Listen to this. You saw who you created me to be before I became me. Before I'd ever seen the light of day, the number of days you planned for me were already recorded in your book. The number of days you planned for me were already recorded in your book. Just in this last week, I took Ronnie's funeral. Some of you were probably tuned in online somewhere there in person. And I I thought back to 2013 when we sat together and we prepared for that day. We we picked out hymns and we, we thought about what that would look like. And we got it written down and the funeral plan was established. And that went, some, some of it went off to, uh, to the people who organized that. And I was sharing then that we don't know when that day is going to come. We don't know when that day is going to come. But it says here, the number of days you planned for me were already recorded in your book. God already has a beginning and an end for the physical part of us. But beyond that, there's an eternal hope and future. There's a resurrection. There's a new body that we look forward to. God has a plan for us. And it's not just on this earth as it is just now. God talks about a new heavens and a new earth. He talks about a resurrected people. He talks about a new Jerusalem. He talks about a church that's glorious. He talks about perfection. He talks about a place where there's no more pain, no more crying, no more death, no more suffering, no more emotional strongholds to keep us back and become who God has intended us to be all along. What a future! What a future! And Jesus' words, the ones that we've been thinking about today, are more than words. They can become a living reality in our minds. Do you begin to see how a stronghold of rejection can be broken? We need to rehearse in our minds a new reality, who God has created and called us to be. But it's more than just rehearsing those words. We can read that and read that and read that, and it never impacts us. We also need to pray till Jesus is present in our lives, till Jesus is present in our minds and our hearts, till Jesus is present. And His presence 
changes everything. His presence changes everything. I don't know about you, but I've been in this place before where I need to pray and pray and pray until I come to the point where there's a breakthrough within me. It's not necessarily the other thing that I'm praying about or the other person that I'm praying about. Sometimes I have to pray until God changes me on the inside. Part of the antidote to rejection is knowing that God has accepted you. Let's think about acceptance for a little minute. And Josh, I hope you don't mind me using you as an example again. But I'm using Josh because of the father-son relationship and I'm thinking about Jesus and his father, okay? So, Sarah, you're not excluded. You're not rejected. You're very much included. <laughs> but it's just an illustration, okay? I, I think about Josh's friends, and because they're his friends, when Josh invites his friends to our house, his friends sit around our table. They eat our food, and they share our conversation. And I remember on one occasion where they weren't sitting around the table, they were upstairs watching movies or whatever they were doing, and we had put pizza in the oven. And I remember going upstairs with a pizza, lots of pizzas, and one of Josh's friends went, yay, free food. And I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> Don't feed me. But that was just a funny moment, which I will never forget. And you know who you are if you're listening to this <laughs> online. The key... The key to Josh's friends sitting around our table, eating our food, enjoying our company, is their relationship to Josh. Because they're his friends, they're our friends. Because he accepts them, we accept them. But it's more, it's more than that. It's more than that. His friends accept him. His friends accept him. There's this mutual acceptance and this is what God does in Jesus. God sent His Son into the world that we could experience the acceptance of God, that we don't need to be wrestling with a stronghold or spirit of rejection. We can begin to move from rejection into freedom. As parents, we accept Josh's friends around our table. And in the very same way, Jesus, as the Son of God, wants to bring you to his place. Do you want to come back to my bit, he says? Do you want to come and meet my dad, he says? To sit at my father's table. I love Psalm 23. You've prepared a table for me in the presence of my enemies. God has prepared a table. It doesn't matter what's happening round about us. It doesn't matter what anybody else is saying about us. He's prepared the table for us. And he invites you back to his place. Come back to my place. Come and sit at my table. Come and feed on the things which I have for you. God loved you so much that he sent his only son to die on your behalf, that your sin, my sin, could be forgiven. Your emotional strongholds and your baggage torn down so that you can feel and experience life in all its fullness. Phenomenal. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death, strongholds, those things which are in emotions. They cause death within us. They cause us to die on the inside, and that affects us on the outside. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God, 
This is the flip side. The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. God loves us. God sent His Son to die for us. And in God's house, there is healing. God holds your past hurt, your present harassment, and your future healing in full view. God sees the past, the present, and the future all at the same time. God holds your past hurt, your present harassment, and your future healing in full view. God sees the beginning from the end. He sees it all at the same time. God sees you. He sees you, the individual in this church, the individual who's joining us online today. He sees you. He loves you. He knows you. But your future healing depends on today's cry for help. Your stronghold may be a familiar place. It may be a place where you've become so accustomed to it, so comfortable. But the problem is we've become unaware. I'm going to just skip a few things in my notes to, to talk briefly about another stronghold, the stronghold of fear, because I want to talk about, if it's okay, to talk about a personal story, just as I draw things to a close. And I do need to draw things to a close. In an exclusive interview with The Guardian in 2011, in 2011, the late and incredibly gifted Stephen Hawking said this, there is no heaven or afterlife for broken down computers. He's talking about people. He's talking about the brain likening it to a computer. And then he says, that's a fairy story for people afraid of the dark. And later in John Lennox's writing, he, he says this, perhaps atheism is a fairy story for people afraid of the light. But it's not till you're grappling with these issues personally that you begin to really understand the whole thing about death and about dying. Sorry, I'm going to get a wee bit morbid for a second. Stick with me, stick with me, okay? You see, we, we're no strangers to, to this area of life, to, to losing people. And we experienced, we've experienced that over the years, most notably in 2001. And then again in 2005, I experienced it uh, when my dad passed away. And at that time, at that time, I can only look back and think a stronghold of fear began to get established in my life. Something happened at that time. And that fear, I think, was fed with a barrage of words like the ones that we've just thought of there about, you know, death, about darkness, about the lights going off. And that fear was fueled by a doubt, which in turn was fueled by an unanswered question. And it was also my prayer. Where is he? Where is he? Where's my dad? Where is he? And I remember being in such distress at that time, not being able to find the answer to that question. Now, you will know, in 2005, my dad spoke at my induction here, okay? And so, I was a pastor at this point in time. I was a pastor in the making. I'm still a pastor in the making, let me say. We're all a work in progress. But you would think somebody who has a strong faith, somebody who's working in the church, they shouldn't need to worry about things like that. But something happened at that time, and it began to be a stronghold in my life. And I remember reading 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. 
which was the answer to the prayer, where is he? And if you read First Thessalonians 4, we're thinking about the resurrection, we think about the second coming, we think about how the dead in Christ shall rise first, and we who are alive at that point in time will meet them in the air, they'll go first, we'll come second. And it's said there that Jesus shall return with them. And I thought, that's the answer to the question. That's where he is. He's with Jesus, because if he's going to come back with Jesus, he's already with them just now. And that was the answer to the question. But it wasn't the answer to the stronghold of fear. It developed into a fear of flying, an irrational fear. And I really get quite scared about it. And I remember on one particular mission trip to Bulgaria, Chuck, if you're watching this, where he was winding me up about flying, and I was quite scared about flying. And I'm like, oh man, I don't like this. But then something happened. I can't remember the year, but I remember being at the Global Leadership Summit in Edinburgh, and I listened to this lady share her story. Her name is Pranitha Timothy. And when I heard her share her story, and I'm going to put this on Facebook, by the way, so that you can see it. If you want, I can send out a link uh, via email, because it's on YouTube as well. When I heard her share her story, it was a game changer for me. She talked about how she works for International Justice Mission, and she talked about how they were there to rescue people from slavery. And they went to find them, they couldn't find them, and long story short, you can listen to it yourself. She came to a place where they met and had to confront the people who were uh, holding these people captive. And she describes a horrendous situation that I would never want to be in. And this is what she said. They were facing, it was a life and death situation. This is what she said. All we could do was pray. And I remember that moment. And I remember God speaking to me in that moment about this stronghold of fear. And something happened in that moment. She says, all we could do was pray. There was something more than just prayer. There was something about the presence of God in that moment that changed me. And then she went on to say, it's in these moments that we must believe that our lives are not our own. Those words were a game changer for me. God did something in that moment. I'd been praying about it. I'd been reading the Bible. I'd heard God speak through the Bible. But there was something about that moment where I experienced the presence of of God. And that stronghold disappeared that day. I was released. I was free. And I remember sitting there at Global Leadership Summit with all these people round about me, and I'm just sitting there with tears running down my face as God was doing something on the inside of me. He was dealing with a stronghold of fear. And I remember another missions trip coming back from Bulgaria and I had organized the seats, and I thought I had everybody together, and then I realized that Marlon was sitting away up the back of the plane on her own. And that was a shame. Yes, yes, I like that sympathy, yes. And I said to him, I remember saying to Marlon, Marlon, just you sit there, I'll sit way at the back of the plane. Not a thought, not a thought about a fear of flying anywhere remotely near me. Because God had dealt with the stronghold in my life. Why? Praying, pressing into God, hearing God through His Word. But it was more than that. It was about experiencing God in the moment. 
You see, it's not about our feelings. It's not even about the facts. We can look at the facts and we can say, no way, no chance. It's about a faith that overcomes. And God can give you faith. God can give you an overcoming faith. And I encourage you today to position yourself to experience God and His vast love for you. Be in church. Be gathered online. Get involved in daily devotions. Get involved in prayer. And if you don't know how to get involved in daily devotions, start with one of these, okay? There's hundreds of devotions on version. And thank you to the guys who invented version. You do a fantastic job of Let the Word of God live in you richly. Begin to praise Him. But pray with another person if you need to. Let it affect your mind, your emotions, and your whole being. Allow God to come in. Allow Him full access to your life. Every room. You see, God's not looking for a tidy house. He's looking for a tender heart. He's looking for a surrendered heart. He's looking for a soft heart. He's looking for people that He can come and work with. And He's looking for that today. Get the Word into you, because it's the Word that divides between soul and spirit. And what did Jesus say? Jesus said, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Read Psalm 139. Read about the truth about your life, and realize that that stronghold of rejection can be broken. Free on the inside. Free indeed. You see, Jesus came to clean us up. Jesus came to start us up. And Jesus came to set us up on the adventure of a lifetime. I don't know about you, I feel like Bilbo Baggins. I'm ready for another adventure. I'm ready for another adventure. Today is a new day. Today is a new adventure. Today, God can do something in your life. But let me just say that crisis can often be a crossroads in your life. If you're at that place today, Now, you might be joining online live. You might be watching it later. You might be watching months later. I don't know. You might be at a place of crisis in your life. We have a number of options when it comes to crisis. We can begin to turn back to where we came from and go back into ourselves and go back into that stronghold and say, this is who I am. This is my identity as a person. No, it's not. Because if it's stopping you from entering into who God created you to be, then it's not, we, but we can go back that way. We can turn off and go into all that the world has for us, all the temptations that the world has for us, or we can go the other way and begin to self-medicate and try to deal with the problem that way, or we can travel through the crossroads to Christ Himself. That's why we come, we need to come to that place of the cross, and we need to make a decision to invite God into our lives, to invite God into the situation, to show Him the mess, and to say, come into every room and see just how bad it is, and begin to do something in my life. I know it's a mess, and strongholds are like that. They can be, I've experienced this, I've experienced this, the mess that comes into your life through a stronghold. Maybe for some of us, we need to say to somebody that we trust, this is what's going on. Please pray for me. And I said last week, whatever happens, you need to want to get better. If you don't want to get better, then guess what? God can't do it for you. 
it starts with us making a decision. And God can change you from hurting to healing, from fear to faith, from worry to worshiping this incredible King of Kings. When we take our eyes off the situation that we're worrying about and we focus on the King, from cowardice to courage, from being bitter to becoming better, from unforgiveness to unconditional love. And guess what? This is what Paul says, and this is what I say today. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I can do all things through Christ who can give me strength. Okay, I might not become Arnold Schwarzenegger. Highly unlikely. (laughs) Not now, anyway. (laughs) Not ever. I tried it. But in the things that really matter in life, the things that really make a difference, the things to do with who we are as people, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. You can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. You just need to reach out and reach out to Him. And I think God is saying to some people today, and you may be here in the room, or you may be joining us online, I believe God is saying to some people today, I've got this. If you'll just trust me, I've got this. See, it's not about our feelings. It's not even about the facts. It's about a faith that overcomes. And if your faith is weak, God can strengthen your faith. All he asks you to do is put that faith into practice. Let's pray as we finish off today. I know that in this room today and amongst those who are joining us online today that there are people who are struggling with strongholds in their lives. It may not be the ones that we've mentioned today, but there are people who are struggling with strongholds. And I ask you to reach out today to God And I'm going to ask you to do something simple. I'm not going to ask you to put up a hand or stand up or anything like that. Where you're sitting, just put your hands out in front of you. They don't need to be raised, but just out in front of you. And if you're online, you can do this as well, where you're sitting. Just put your hands out in front of you and ask God to come into your life today. Ask God to come and help you with the strongholds that are in your life today. And as we sit with our hands out, ready to receive, Father, I pray that you would come by your power in this moment, whenever that occurs, whether it's for here and now in this room or online, or later as somebody watches this message, Father, I pray that you would come and that you would begin to do a work in our lives that would begin to break the strongholds. Father, that you would do a work of stopping that revolving door, that you would put your hand on it, and that you would stop that door from turning around so that we can get out the other side of our situation. Father, we confess that our strongholds can sometimes be sinful. They can cause us to do things that you don't like, 
They can cause us to think things that you don't like. They can cause us to say things that you don't like. And Father, we recognize that we have sinned against you. Father, we recognize that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. And Father, we know that when we confess our sins, that you are faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us, to make us clean on the inside. And so, Father, today as we, as we receive from you today, Father, we pray that those strongholds in our life would be demolished. Father, I know that we need to be, we need to be at that crossroads sometimes. Father, we need to be willing not to go back into our old ways. We need to be willing not to go into the world and all that the temptations have to offer. We need to admit that we can't go down the route of self-medication, but Father, we need to press in to you. And so, Father, if people are at that point of crisis, Lord, I pray that they would push through into all that you have for them. Father, we pray that we would hear your voice speaking over our lives, the words of Psalm 139, your word in us. But Father, may we experience the very presence of Jesus today. Father, that's where we started off today. We want to experience your presence. And so, Father, may that be our experience today. And maybe there are those who are maybe here today or joining us online and you've never invited Jesus into your heart before. Come and speak to me today. If you're online, send us an email through whitburnpentecostal.com. There's a section where you can communicate with us there and we'd love to help you. But we're going to pray a prayer just as this is the last thing that we do today. We're going to pray a prayer a prayer of invitation and asking Jesus into our hearts. And this is how it goes. And just say it after me into your own heart or even out loud if you want to. Dear God, I recognize that I've had strongholds in my life. I recognize there are things which stop me from being who you want me to be, from being who you created me to be, I invite you to come into my life today. I ask that you forgive me. I ask that you would make me clean. I ask that you would give me a fresh start today. In Jesus' name, amen. And may the Holy Spirit come into your heart and into your life today. And may you know his power transforming you from the inside out. All that remains for me to say is have a great week. I'm so glad you've been here. I am so encouraged by your faces. Thank you to all the clicks, likes, comments online as well. And uh, have a great week. The Lord bless you. I've done my photograph, Steve. Yes. <laughs>